Welcome to the Art Grind Podcast. This is a podcast run by artists for artists where we talk about what it means to be one. I'm Tun Miai, the producer with our host, Dina Brodsky and Marshall Jones. This is being recorded between our many jobs and side hustles. We bring you in-depth investigations into the lives of artists we admire and the stories behind the creative journey. So stay on the grind while we fill your mind. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Art Grime Podcast. I'm here with co-host Dina Brodsky. And our guest today is Andrew Kadima. So, Andrew, I found you on Instagram and was super impressed with your paintings. Like, your, your skill level is actually phenomenal. And uh, I, w- we don't know a lot about you. So walk us through a little bit about your life. Where did you grow up and when did you get involved in art? Sure. Thank you so much. Um, super kind words. Especially, by the way, you guys, I'm such huge fans of yours. And I found you guys like probably long before I even, I, I'm trying to think of like the exact date, but both of you I've been following for a while now, I think. Um, and it's probably before I like really committed myself to like investing a lot of time into painting and you know, art. Uh, so, so cool to talk to you guys. <laughs> Um, yeah, great to talk to you. That's a, something cool about social media is how we're sort of like meet. Yeah, actually, that, that you had said that. I'm actually so curious, like, you know, where do you, because it's, it's so appropriate that, like, I mean, nothing would be known about me, really. But where do you find artists? Nor- like, what would be a normal way to kind of find out about an artist now? Do you think like what, what's your sort of like typical, oh, this is how I found out about I that mean, person? I think right now we do just find them on Instagram, right? Um, but, I know social media mostly, yeah, but like how is it like, would it be like a gallery? Would you go to a gallery and you'd, and you'd see like new artists there or something like that? Yes, that's something I'm, I'm extremely nostalgic for is the idea of walking around New York and seeing an artist you never heard of picking up the catalog or whatever and finding out that way. And now it does seem like it's totally different with social media. And I think, and I think social media also highlights different people that you, that wouldn't necessarily work so well in the gallery system. So it's like, it's, it's broader, it's more vast now. Uh, Definitely pros and cons to all that. So. But I feel like we actually discover a lot. So, the world that we knew, the art world that, that we knew before social media was just smaller. Mm. And I mean, me and Marshall have this argument about social media all the time. Like I, uh, you know, like he, he, he overall wants to go back to a time when, when it wasn't there. And, you know, I, I, I get a lot of that, but um, I think it is so much easier to discover art we like. Right. Now. Yeah. I, you know, there's an interesting parallel there. So like I was, I, my life is kind of mostly seated in music. Um, I grew up playing music. I, I actually went to school for it. That's where I have my degrees and everything. Um, and one of the interesting things that happened, it was my degrees in composition. So like writing music. And, uh, you know, one of the interesting things that happened is, is like you get these programs like GarageBand, for instance, or, you know, just basically any sort of notation programs now, it's so easy to like manufacture a song without kind of knowing what you're doing. And on one hand, it's such a great thing because it, it opens the door to so many people who wouldn't otherwise be able to, to make music, but it also brings down sort of the quality of music in general. 
And a lot of things kind of start sounding very similar to each other. And, you know, people who don't go through the process of, of, you know, maybe learning all the technical stuff, they end up writing music to sound like other music. And uh, it, it really kind of stagnates the progress in, in that field so much. And I think if you look at the difference between music and art, like visual art, for whatever reason, is like, it's so progressive. Like, you know, the, the, the more popular things, the more sort of like what you might, I don't know, maybe money getters or like, you know, collectors are more interested in is like the more sort of adventurous stuff, right? The, the stuff that, you know, it's not super representational all the time or, or like mass, doesn't have that mass appeal maybe. But with music, it's completely the opposite. You know, nobody wants to, <laughs> very few people want to hear like your, your, your new sort of chamber music thing or whatever. And, you know, everybody wants to hear sort of these old classics or these sort of like, uh, you know, like fast food music that we make nowadays. Um, yeah, so I, I always think that's that's very interesting. And I wonder if, if maybe that's kind of, you know, something happening with social media in terms of, of, of visual art too. They're like, you know, it's so easy to kind of put something together, I guess, that where before maybe there was such a big, long journey that you had to go through and it was more difficult. Um, you know, I don't know. It's double-edged, I think, sometimes. <laughs> Speaking my language so much, did you have you have either of you read that uh, Medium is the Message, that book about how basically everything's a filter and you get product based on the filter? Like mm. it's a new society. Once TV was this filter that we started using, a magazine and the invention of printing press, and everything changes us. We don't really. It's like the, it's technology first. It's like that, that the, the invention of the TV, everybody watching the same thing in households at the same time in like the seventies and stuff changed culture. And it wasn't like you made the shows you made catered to that technology. And now we have the internet and you get different products based on the technology that's pervasive. And I find what you said so interesting about music and how it's just like i could imagine i don't compose music but it definitely feels like if it's like everything else it could kind of be like a push button sort of thing and you get a song that comes in, out in fact that's what so much of it is now like you know there, there are like you know i mean there's like ways to i don't know if you've ever like experienced like using a program like that like like GarageBand, but it's literally like a drag and drop kind of way to kind of compose a song and, and you know it's it's great and it, it it's so cool because i think like you know giving people the opportunity to do that is, is is great when otherwise maybe they would have to you know i mean learning like one of the professional sort of engraving programs is so takes so much time and is so difficult and they're so expensive that you know here's this like cheap program where like you can make something right away for yourself and you don't need any of this you know uh experience so it's really great for like the individual but like the art form as a whole, it, I don't know, you know, I, I'm not saying, I'm trying not to put a value judgment on it necessarily, but it kind of makes everything a little bit more homogenous, right? It kind of evens everything out a little bit onto the same kind of level. You know, just... with, the, with the people that make really amazing music, like, are they still making really amazing music? And maybe the people, oh, yeah. That, yeah, and possibly the people that made terrible music are still making terrible music, but there's sort of this whole middle layer where like, you know, like um, things can sound professional reasonably easily now. And like, maybe there's just more people, oh. right? Uh, 
Uh, that's probably true. Yeah. I mean, that's probably, you know, the main, the main thing, but it's, it's, it's really true though. That I find it so interesting to think about music in that way. Like, you know, if you take a step back and you, and you listen to like what's going on now at any given point in music, it, it's amazing how it flows so much from like one sound to the next sound. And there's so much replications. Like <laughs> I, I remember like, uh, you know, there was like, I, I, don't, I actually don't know them so well, but like Mumford and Sons, do you know that group by any chance? Oh yeah, kind of folk. Yeah, so like there was this like huge folk thing and then all of a sudden it's this huge explosion of that similar kind of style music. And that happens like, it, it's such, it's so obvious in music when, when that happens, I think. And it probably, you know, I, I don't think I'm uh, uh, experienced enough in the art world to, to know whether it expresses um, itself in, in the art world as well that way, but it's it's amazing how that happens in music, and I don't know. It's just it just seems like I've always felt that it moves so slowly, like mo- music moves so slowly uh, because of that. So, Andrew, what, what kind of music did you study um, back? But you know, back. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I went to a conservatory, so it's like what what we might say is like classical music. All right, and and your instrument? Um, I mean, I play a few, but I guess piano would be like the focus that I have. Is that is that you? You're like multifaceted here. So, is are you primarily a a musician or a painter? That's an interesting question. That's another (laughs) difficult thing that I think I I, uh, think about that too a lot. Where you know it's so hard to be two things because once you gain some sort of like notoriety in one area, it it kind of devalues everything else that you do, (laughs) like you become that thing that also does this other stuff, no matter how much you invest into that other stuff. Um, so, you know, like in the beginning, I was always a musician who, you know, did, did some art on the side or, or whatever. And now it's kind of maybe flipped a little bit where I'm, I'm the artist who also does a little bit of music. Um, it's so hard to be, you know, I think, and, and I, I, I find myself judging people that way too. Like if, if you see like, I don't know, somebody who's become famous for some reason and they put out a song, you think, oh, you know, they're just, they're just doing that because they're popular and they can, they can, right. They can sell it. They have, they have that group that they have that fan base. Um, You know, maybe that's unfair, right? Like, (laughs) because I, I feel sometimes too, that like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to necessarily say that one is like, you know, the main focus or something like that. But I, I guess to be, to be fair, my like, time is mostly invested in painting nowadays. What, what led you to painting? Like, like how, how, did, how did you find it? Were, were you one of, one of these kids that was always drawing or, you know, the... Kind of, yeah. So I, I, my brother was like a super avid sketcher. He's like a year and a half, two years older than me. Um, and I basically did like everything that, <laughs> that he did. Uh, so I was drawing a lot when I was a kid. Um, but then like, probably like late middle school, high school, I didn't do anything at all. Like pretty much just stopped. Um, didn't really draw, you know, was really pretty much invested in music totally. And uh, then for what, no reason at all, it's such a horrible story, but for no reason at all, I just decided <laughs> to start painting. <laughs> so that's crazy. How did you get, you, so would you consider yourself like totally self-taught as a painter? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't, I never had, I mean, outside of like public school art classes, I never, yeah, I never had a teacher or anything, um, which people say is like, 
they, they look at that as like, people will put that in their like, you know, social media bios or whatever, like self-taught there. And, and, you know, listed as some kind of, you know, this is my badge of honor or whatever. Um, but I always found it as like kind of a, a bad thing almost like where I feel like I would be so much more, I don't know, there would be things that I would figure it out sooner, things that I would know better if, if I had, you know, spent that uh, effort into to getting a teacher or something. Wow. But the, I mean, the, the level you've been able to get to self-taught is pretty staggering. Oh, you know? Thank you. Dude, I told you he was a savant. <laughs> he, he, he is a savant. Uh, that was not the word I had, an, I had an objection to. <laughs> now, now everybody thinks you're going to, you have said something so horrible that. <laughs> So what kind of uh, family life did you have? Were they supportive of these uh, artistic yeah. endeavors you and your brother were involved in? Yeah, I think, you know, my, my brother was, you know, when we were young, we used to fight a lot. I, I, I remember distinctly him chasing me around the house with like a knife at least once. So. But, but then like around 12 or 13 or something like that, we became like really, really good friends. And they were like best friends. Um, so he's always been super, super supportive. Um, and my mom is always been in the art world. I probably, that's where my link comes from. I think to, to, to my interest in art. Um, she was painting when, when I was younger. Um, but she always, she had a kind of an interesting approach where she wasn't really like a creative artist necessarily. She never, as far as I know, never made an original painting, like something that was from her own idea. She was just copying you know, masterworks basically. Um, her, really? Yeah, and her approach was so technical. She did like only acrylic painting. And uh, I think she was like worried about, you know, chemicals or whatever. Uh, or maybe even just the complexity of, or the, the you know, supposed complexity of using oils. Um, so she just did acrylics and she was like really, you know, she would grid out her, she would grid out the reference and then grid out the canvas and be very, you know, meticulous about the sketch and then, and then just kind of almost paint by numbers kind of feeling, you know? Um, but she would come away with, you know, pretty, pretty good results most of the time. Um, and she just loved painting and loved art. And, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a big hobby passion of hers. Um, so that's definitely, that's a big strong link. I think where even if I don't consciously think about it, it was probably in my mind from the, from that. And, and you're in San Francisco now. Did you, yeah. did you grow up in California? No, I, I was born in North Carolina, actually. Um, yeah. But then moved around a lot when I was a kid. Florida, Texas, uh, Las Vegas for a little while. <laughs> uh, yeah, I came out here for school, actually. So I went to the Conservatory of Music in San Francisco. Oh, and okay. How is... Uh... San Francisco sort of post or middle pandemic is uh, you hear so many things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, uh, it's probably not as different as people make it out to be than, than it was before. Like walking down the street, I don't really notice any difference. Um, yeah. But I'll tell you what, just because I live right in the middle of the city, it's such a, a stressor, like, to working and, and I paint like almost exclusively midnight and beyond <laughs> just because like the noise of the day and like, I don't know, just all the commotion and everything. It's, it's so hard to kind of focus. Uh, and that's like the only time that I have that's like super silent. I'm alone and nothing's going to bother me for like five hours, you know? 
You work in the work in the midnight shift. That's yeah, awesome. It's amazing how horrible my schedule has become, by the way. Like I will literally go to bed at like 6 a.m. Like novel yeah it actually sounds like the dream (laughs) (laughs) novel (laughs) i mean it's it's a positive that i have like the luxury to actually do that like you know i don't i don't have like a day job or anything where i you know behold into some kind of schedule but it's just i don't know it messes with you it messes with you <laughs> i actually did that all the all the way up till grad school like like probably you know, really? like that was my schedule and because i yeah. i mean i can't remember what i did during the day it wasn't going to class but i i don't know i had a boyfriend i spent a lot of time with and friends and then i'd come into the studio yeah. at about 10 in the evening and come yeah. out of there around six because that was when the swimming pool opened Oh, and then okay. I'd, go for, I'd swim and, you know, oh, okay. go to the, like, and then the dining hall opened at seven and have oh. this, you know, kind of gigantic dining hall meal and then sleep till, you know, and like basically sleep through a good deal of the day. So you would get like a normal amount of sleep though. Like, I was, I, you know, I never needed it. That was my superpower that, that I'm, I'm yeah. losing like kind of right now. But um, my superpower has just been that, you know, I didn't need as much sleep as normal people. Interesting. I, I envy that. <laughs> so is is everything you do in that apartment then? Your music, your studio, and you keep these night hours. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah this is the room where I do everything. <laughs> I mean, teaching. So I do a lot, a fair bit of, of teaching piano. And uh, I just like to go out to do that. Like go to the student's house. It's, it's a little bit more, it's better for the student usually. Uh, you know, so that's what I'm doing during the day mostly. I, I just, you know, travel around, do do a few lessons there, and then then come back and paint it. Like like use it like 10 a 10 p.m. is like when I'll kind of start to think about what I'm going to do, and then it won't come out until like five or six usually. Wow, that's so cool. So I feel like the best thing about that is that like it's so uncompromising, right? It can kind of like like that schedule only works as long as you can live li- like what it means is that you figure out a way to live life entirely on your own terms. But that, that's that's you know, I mean, I, I kind of have my problems with the schedule, but that's so true. Like I think about how lucky it is that I can even do that. Like, you know, most people don't have the luxury of of kind of doing their own thing, right? And they kind of, you know all that they do is kind of relying on, on themselves and not, not like, you know, a boss or something like that, telling them what to do. Uh, so that, that is a positive thing, but I don't know. It's just, I wish I could flip the day. So. <laughs> Grad school basically did that to me because um, it turned out okay. that I actually as the classes started at eight thirty or nine and it turned out sure. that you actually had to be awake for those. Uh, and after like six months of basically nodding off, like it, it like forced me into a, and also the, you know, I went to the New York Academy of Art and I think it closed at 11. So you could, you know, like, like, and I would try to find all night coffee shops to, you know, uh, work in because mm-hmm. I was living in basically a closet was, you know, no, no, no window. And at some point I found myself keeping normal hours. And now okay. I became the opposite of you. Now I wake up at like four, four or five and then have my quiet chunk of time, you know, be- before everyone else. I, I, I have dreams of that. I have dreams of that kind of schedule actually. But it, I think it would cost me to to move. Like I, I, being here is like it's just so distracting during the day. It's it's almost it's, I find it so hard to work. You know I don't know. And it's all, but it's so hard to, get to, to work during distractions or work in general. Well, just distractions. I think you know. I feel like 
again, it's hard to say, but I feel like I would be just as productive during the day if I was kind of like left alone, you know, and I didn't have any things kind of, and it's, you know, also the fact of it being at night is so great because, you know, nobody's going to like email you really, or, or, you know, you don't have to respond to an email then, or nobody's going to call you or anything like that. So it's like this unbroken stretch of time where you can just kind of focus on, on the one thing. And I, I kind of and there's that. something about darkness, just limited vision. You feel almost closed by it and just kind that's of like, too, yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have that sort of isolated kind of feeling. Yeah. So when, when did you kind of discover this? I mean, you have this like really clean, beautiful sort of like wet and wet approach to painting that are often faces and portraits. When did you really click into that and start putting them up on social media? I think like, uh, it's hard to say, but I want to say like, I, I always target when I started focusing on painting like seven years ago, somewhere around there. Although I feel like I've been saying seven years for more than a year now. So it's probably longer than that now, but, but it's hard for me to like pick a date. I, I really don't remember like the exact date when, when I just started to do it. Um, I think I had my mom's old, she had like water mixable oils. And I think I had brought those to when I moved here to college and I just broke them out one day, um, many years later, actually. Um, but I, like I, the pandemic is kind of when I really kind of focused on things. It was like, I was kind of when I started because I saw people on, on, you know, Insta, on social media, on Instagram, and they were posting every day and they were like making a painting every day. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, I think that's doable. I can probably manage that. So I just started doing that. And, you know, a year, two years later or whatever it's been, that I've pretty much been painting, painting every day, like maybe missed like 50 days total but uh yeah yeah so I, I, the pandemic is probably one what really got me going because i was home all the time and uh i was just painting self-portraits mainly at that point like just you know with the mirror or whatever uh, yeah just kind of took off from there <laughs> wow and how, how so i know you mainly for those like the reels how long do those take you on average like the painting process itself yeah. It really depends. Like I've noticed now I've been spending a lot more time on things, um, which is kind of interesting to me because I don't know that I don't correlate the result with, with how much time I spend on it anymore. Like I, I feel like I could have spent two hours a year ago and it would have been the same quality wise, but for whatever reason, I've just slowed down so much now. Uh, but you know, anywhere between. So like yesterday I did a portrait, um, and two hours, two and a half hours, maybe for like the painting process. And uh, then the worst thing, like the sort of the social media aspect of it is like transferring the files and <laughs> rendering the video and everything like that, which takes almost as much time <laughs> as it took to paint the actual painting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that. Yeah. Editing those things down can be a nightmare. Oh, I hate it. Uh, and do you, do you start with like a drawing or anything on, uh, before you paint? There's just, how do you, how do you approach these? Yeah, I just, uh, the truth is like, I sit down with almost no idea of what I'm going to do, like 90% of the time. And I'm, you know, I spend maybe an hour just sitting there, like 
scrolling through references, thinking like, oh, what should I do? <laughs> and then eventually I'll just settle on something and just go for it. And I, you know, no planning. I think that that comes from like my impatience, like, because I did like when I first started getting interested in it and just because of, you know, what I had saw, what I, what I saw out there and my history was only in like using a pencil to kind of sketch. I always started drawing everything out and then painting into the drawing. And it was just like, at, at some point I was like, oh, do I need to do this? <laughs> you know, I, I'm, the paint is going over it anyway. You know, why can't the paint just be right the first time? Um, so I just kind of started. I am away. so jealous of you, by the way. Like that. Um, oh, wow. Okay. I, I feel like I can never get like, your work is absolutely beautiful. Um, I have okay. never in my life made anything that took two and a half hours or like less yeah, um, or less than I don't know, 10, 20, 30, right. 40. Like, like, oh, really? Moment, that, like, wow. I like, I feel like, 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 I draw it out to begin with, and then I mess up the drawing with the paint and then have to fix it. And then, like, you know, that, that, I, oh, that's so, it's so interesting. That was, that's my main. So, whenever anybody asks me that, I always say, like, you know, the, for me, the paint, the drawing is such a hindrance to the painting because it creates this thing that you kind of like marry, you know, and, and, you're so worried about ruining the drawing that it, you know, you're, you're, it's almost like you're fitting, like you're trying to fit a, a square into a circle or something like that when you're painting. Right. Because things are going to be so different, at least for the, like my style, things are going to be so different in the end. No, that, but it just, it know. just means like, if you don't need the drawing, it just means you're not making any drawing mistakes. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's all it is. Like if you don't make drawing that's mistakes, true. if you have a good sense of, you know, shape and form and light and shadow, then yeah. Why, why bother with the drawing? Right. So, you know, and I think uh, it's, it's funny because I, I, I always like, I'm in my head so much about the quality of what I do. Like, if I, that's one of the positives of doing something new every day is that it's so easy to just move on and forget about everything that you've done. Um, I, I always used to say that my, my paintings are all monuments to my failures. They're just like sitting around and I'm like looking at them and thinking, oh, I could have, that should be this way or that I could have done better. Um, but I don't go back and correct. I just kind of, the next thing is when I, when I will try and correct that. Um, but I think I could do so much better always with like form and stuff like that. You know, I notice and it just drives me crazy. Whenever I do like a little teeny, I love doing very, very small miniature paintings. And whenever I do like a little teeny portrait, the nose is so huge. <laughs> it's like just something about the way I see it while I'm painting makes that nose so big and like prevalent. Um, and then I come back to it the next day and I'm like, oh my God, how did I not, how did I not see that? So those are, those are ones that I always kind of correct a little bit, but um, yeah, there's definitely something that I could do better. At. I, I don't know. I always found that my not drawing is like laziness or like, you know, my, I want instant gratification. No, it's, it's your superpower. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's, it's really super impressive. I think of like the people who go through years of like this rigorous training to get skills up, but it just seems like they kind of landed on you. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I, I loved it because, you know, I, I literally had nothing like, you know, when I, when I started to learn like, and, and try and get better, like, which let's just say was seven years ago, less than a decade. Um, you know, there was not much out there. Like you couldn't, I, you probably could, but I wasn't, you know, wise enough to, to do it. You go onto YouTube and like, look, how do you do this? How do you paint this? What's the right. And it's so hard to find like a detailed, you know, 
this is how much oil you use. This is how much solvent you use. This is when you use this stuff. You know, how do you wipe your brushes off? How do you clean things? Like what, what's the like ratio of mixes and stuff like, and I was getting so like, you know, how do I do any of this kind of stuff? And, and it was just like pure experimentation. So I never knew that I was doing the wrong thing or the right thing. And, and I just kind of like with the drawing, I never thought that it was like a weird thing that you didn't draw. I was, it almost seemed like that's what you wanted to do. You know, that's what people did. And I think it was just because I never was around, you know, real art, real artists, or I was never like, uh, and, and all the art that I saw, you, you don't see the drawing, you know, it's not, it's not in your mind that that ever happened really when you look at the painting, um, it's finished. Uh, yeah. A lot of people will like, you know, work, like laboriously on a drawing and then transfer that to a canvas and then kind of fill that in or they'll project things or whatever. And, um, but I do find in your work, it's great how you do, even though you say, you know, you're, you're self-taught, you do work with the impression of the image really well, like kind of that dark to light idea and just sort of like getting, the dark drawing in nicely and you can, you can tell where it's heading and it feels clean early on. I just, I think that's, I guess, organized so well in what you're doing. Yeah. You know, that's kind of funny. Like, so the dark to light thing, cause I get like, you know, people will be just like the weird social media thing of like people, you know, expressing their, their thoughts about things. Like I will always get, you know, Oh, it's so weird that you do dark. I could never imagine doing dark to light or like, Oh, dark to light. That's the only way to do it. And so it's always been like, Oh, is that, <laughs> is that what you're supposed to do? So my reasoning for that was because if you needed to, if I needed to paint over something, painting a, a brighter color into a darker color was so much more, it just kind of transitioned so much better than if you put a dark over a light, it's just never, you know, it would never transition quite right. Like the edge would be so weird if, if you wanted to kind of mess the edge up a little bit. Um, so that was, that's the only reason that, that I did that really. And because maybe it was just easier to see the darker shapes first, like just kind of plot them out so much easier. Do people do like the other way? Is that a common thing or? I think it's, I think it's rare. I mean, everybody does different things, but I think what, like when you're painting one of your self portraits or something, you know, you hit like these, cause I've watched your reels. I think, I, I really think I love the way you paint. And it's oh, like, thank you. you'll hit kind of the brows and the eyes and then go down to the nose. And those are like sort of dark right. shape, usually correspond to some shadow. Sure. So it's yeah. sort of like you have an impression that already exists and then it's just sort of fleshing it out a little. So I think that <laughs> if, if it was a light first, it would be a little, Amorphous, it would be right? a weird question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so basically like white oil paint has more, it, it's just oilier. It has more linseed oil right. and it's more opaque. So, um, and then like dark paint is more transparent. So like you can, yeah, like you can, you can go opaque on top of transparent, but it, but you can't really go transparent on top of opaque or else it just ends up being a muddy mess. So you just basically intuitively yeah. figured out all the stuff that, you know, the, that's, I guess that's the thing, right? I mean, it, it's, it works. So like if you fail many times, <laughs> you're, you'll figure it out, I guess. Uh, 
that's probably just what happened to me. What do you like better, uh, sitting in front of the piano or or in front of the easel? Like, what's that is such an unfair question, Marshall? But go ahead. Why? I uh, I can I've thought about it too a lot. I think you know now it's like there's like I was thinking exactly this the other day. Like when I was sitting down at the easel, I was like, oh man, because it was like after a day, a long day of like doing whatever I had to do, shipping, packaging, which is like my nightmare. Um, I sat down at these and I was like, oh man, this is like exact. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else than like right here, knowing that I'm going to be here for like six hours or whatever with nothing else to do than just focus on, on this one thing. Um, so I think that is probably, I can lose a lot of hours in the piano too, but I don't know. There's nothing that beats, beats painting right now for me. That's great. I'm so happy for you. Cause you, you it's like, it's like a really rich life. I'm, I'm, I'm envious of your schedule and what you're doing. It's awesome. Well, you know, there is also the, the, I mean, it's great, but there's also that, you know, feeling of being on the edge of a cliff where like any day it could just all collapse. Right. I mean, there's nothing besides me that's holding it up. So, but that's anything, I mean, like in life, any, any, you know, no matter what sort of job you have or something there, it, the rug could always get pulled out. That's true. But, you, right. know, but yeah. you know what? People who go to, you know, go to like an IT job uh, every day don't feel that. Well, they, they maybe they feel yeah, more. Yeah, secure. I mean, like, yeah. yes, right. You know, like a brick could fall on our head at any, you know, anytime we walk past construction site and <laughs> the, um, yes, the rug could get pulled out in like, you know, a thousand different ways. But I think there's a whole bunch of jobs where you don't feel like that in the same ways that Andrew with his music and, and his art, which are like the, the two things that could get, you know, maybe if you add dancing on top of that, that would be the third thing, which, which would make you feel that. <laughs> My mother was a dancer, by the way. That was her profession. Oh, really? Yeah, she was a, a ballet dancer. Um, oh. So that's where I, it's very creative. In <laughs> yeah. your brother, does he still do art as well? He does. Yeah, he's a he does a lot of watercolor stuff. Uh, he did a lot of. He went through a big journey, kind of. He uh, he actually went to the Academy of Art in San Francisco, and uh, I think he studied animation. I'm pretty sure was his was his focus. Okay. Uh, and he did a lot of digital stuff, and but now he's like, just loves doing these like, kind of very minimalistic watercolor landscape type things very miniature we, we both like this miniature stuff i guess <laughs> yeah how big are your the stuff that usually hits hits the internet how big are those usually um it's like average probably eight by ten like for a portrait um cool i've been trying to do bigger and bigger and bigger stuff i've done some huge ones which are just like oh it's such a commitment that I stress about that. Like if I have a huge painting that I have to spend a lot of time on it, that kind of stresses me out. Um, but yeah, mostly I keep it pretty, pretty small. 12 by 12 is like the biggest typical one that I, that I do. And so I, I imagine it's going pretty well, like with social media, like you'll, you'll be able to sell quite a bit of work off that. Right. Yeah. That's man. That is an interesting thing too. Like, uh, you know, so I've, I've done like a couple of group shows which was like a huge whoa moment for me. Like, is that really how I thought I was getting swindled? I was so shocked that that's how like the world worked. That's how the art world worked. That it's, I guess 50% is like a typical gallery fee, right? It's unbelievable. That blew my mind because it, it already happened when I had 
you know, I, nobody knew me, right? So I had already gotten kind of a bigger following when any gallery would have approached me. <clears throat> um, so I was used to selling my own stuff. And, you know, all of a sudden somebody says, oh, we'll take half and, and sell it for you. I'm like, oh, geez, I don't know if that's like a good deal. Um, actually, it makes me wonder like what the, you know, I, that's kind of an interesting, what we were talking about earlier, like where, where the future lies, like, you know, the, has social media changed that world? Yeah, I mean, so, so it used to be really different, right? It used to be that the galleries were like the only way to show your work and the only way to sell your work. And so what they got the 50% for is like, you know, doing everything that wasn't painting. Um, and right. like on one hand, things changed a lot because like artists can now show their own, you know, like that Instagram account you have, you know, it's a gallery where right, yeah. more people, you know, kind of, you know, more people walk into that gallery daily than would in like a physical, you know, physical gallery over the course of like a year, right? Uh, but 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 so on one hand, things are changing because of that. But on the other hand, um, just like I think galleries are really struggling too. And so for me, it was totally worth giving fifty percent to the gallery if it meant right. that I didn't have to do any of my own right. the selling, the marketing. Like, and then at some point, at least was the last solo show I had, I, it turned out that I had to do all that stuff anyway. And I was like, well, what's, what's the point of that? Like, <laughs> like I'll, I, you know, I give you the 50% and I still have to do my own press and my, you know, the, like I still have to do everything that the gallery used to do. And I think, all right, is mm -hmm. it really worth it? Yeah. I, I think you know, just the, the same kind of thing. I, I, every, everybody, every gallery that contacted me, I was like, yes, <laughs> just because I, to me, it was cool. Like actually, you know, I make enough to like live off of my teaching. So <clears throat> anything that comes from art is kind of like extra. Although now I'm kind of trying to focus on that a little bit more as like, you know, a, a stable moneymaker, but uh, I really didn't care so much. Like, you know, they, to be totally honest, they could have said a hundred percent and I probably would have sent some of them anyway. Uh, just cause it's such, such a cool thing, you know, for somebody who, who, you know, has no idea what they're doing and like just kind of is trespassing in this whole world. You know what's cool, Andrew, is actually talking to someone who hasn't like been as, like, I think me and Marshall have been in this world for such a long time that we're so used to it. We're like, yeah, of course the gallery gets 50%, you know, sometimes they take 60 if you know that. But yeah, just talking to someone who's looking at it as someone who's new to it and just, you're like, okay, well, that seems crazy, right? And maybe, maybe it is crazy. I think it's, it was crazy just in the, in the face of, obviously, if you, if you're not known, it's, it's so, and it's probably still valuable because, you know, no, regardless of how many people follow your, your account, you know, a huge chunk of 50% of them are going to be like 25 and under or like 30 and under. Right. So, you know, the, the, the likelihood that they're going to spend, you know, a significant amount of money on, on a piece of art is very low. Right. Where, whereas somebody who goes to the gallery, you know, the percentage of each patron spending a higher amount is probably a lot higher. You know, I can, I can get that there's still probably that value just like where the clientele is like people know that they're going to a gallery to buy art, but they don't pop onto social media thinking that they're going to do the same necessarily. Maybe now it's changing, but I don't know. I still think that so many people who are, who are like interacting with my stuff is their kids, <laughs> you know, they don't, they don't really, they're not going to buy a, you know, piece of art to hang in their room or anything. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, like there's community like, so I'm, I'm thinking of this on a few 
different ways. Like there's community between us. Like we met you on social media mm-hmm. and that's real. I, I, I really like the artist I've met and, you know, became friends with most of those are through galleries. I would say right. my, you know, right. like long or schools, schools and galleries, right. my long-term sort of friends in the art world. But it's exciting to me that I get to meet you on through social media exclusively, like, right. which is amazing. And then it feels like, I wonder if even communities getting outsourced to social media to some degree. I, you know? To me, like, <clears throat> it's so valuable just for that because I have no, I don't know any art artists in real life. I know no, nobody. Like, I couldn't go call somebody up and say, hey, you want to go <laughs> talk about painting? Just nobody exists for me that way. So, you know, social media has been so cool to like be able to interact with people. I mean, people like you guys and, and other artists who I've like, you know, looked up to <laughs> and kind of emulated or like seen as like, although that's where you, you know, want to get to. Um, it's just so cool that that's accessible to, to you, you know? And I'll never forget, I'll never forget, you know, because, you know, when you're, when you're starting on social media, like nobody knows you, it's such a small thing and you feel like you're just, you know, screaming in the Grand Canyon kind of. <clears throat> but then when you get like a little bit of traction and things start picking up and like, you know, you recognize these names of like people who are like messaging you, like commenting and you're like, whoa, that's so crazy that, you know, this person's art that I've looked at for like years is like saying something to me. That's such a cool part of, of social media, I think. Yeah. Just that everybody feels so much closer maybe than, than they otherwise would. Yeah, that's really cool. I, that, that aspect is attractive to me because I think, I think community in that way between artists is very important. And I like it that, that usually I'm against social media, but I do, I, it does excite me that it could broaden that circle a little bit more, yeah. you know. The other thing is once you start interacting in, in real life, like, you know, on the internet, sometimes it feels like all of these things are just numbers or just statistics. But the fact that there's a person behind each each one of these, like once you actually sit, like meet right. the person, even okay, like this kind of in person on, on Zoom, it doesn't actually matter where you met. Like it matters, I don't know how much conversational chemistry you have, or how much I don't know, like how much you can both tangentialize about the same things. So, so right. like let's say this is just a big, I don't know, maybe social media, maybe a playground, but maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a country actually, like, like maybe maybe it's a country or a city that you can kind of like wander around in and sometimes be like-minded people. And then you can interact with those people, you know, you, you can sort of dip in and out of the country uh, and then come back to reality and kind of keep that person, keep like a friend you met while traveling, right? But you can remain friends and actually mm-hmm. kind of meet for coffee when you're passing through each other's town. And, and they remain your friend, even if you're not, you know, hitchhiking through Spain together anymore. Mm-hmm. That's, a, I, I think that, uh, you know, well, I, I owe, you know, as, as annoying as it might be sometimes and as, you know, stressful as it is and how unfair, I recognize how unfair it is too, like, you know, and how unbelievably lucky that I have been, you know, I owe everything to, <laughs> to social media pretty much. I mean, I probably never would have gotten as interested in, in, in painting if, if it wasn't for that, for, for meeting artists that way. Um, because I never would have, there's no outlet for me to have met artists you know, unless I went to school or something like that. Um, I guess I could have gone to galleries and stuff. But 
whose work uh, do you like on on social media that you look at? Like, who are the people you look at? Oh man, that's a oof. That is a tough one because there's so many, and it's hard to differentiate too sometimes because sometimes you'll I'll see like you know art that I really love that I think is great and super valuable, but and not something necessarily that I think oh that's you know I wish I had done that like you know there are those pieces where like oh man that's so good that I wish it was I wish I could have created something just like that, um, but I, you know probably going to be like all the typical names that you hear. <laughs> um, but like, as far as painters, I remember one of the first, uh, actually it's, they're, they're a couple, Kate Zambrano and uh, Sean. I just, I, oh, I remember yeah. seeing his mm-hmm. stuff just because he just, or he did stuff that was like, I, I was doing stuff that was so similar to, you know, a lot of the stuff that, it, that was out there for him. Like he did a lot of, I saw a lot of all the prima portraits that he was doing. and. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, and everything was like so perfectly proportioned and everything just looked so amazing, like right away to me. Um, so he was some like a painter that I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's something that, that I want to get to eventually too. Um, I was like uh, Max Ginsburg. Yeah. He teaches, he, he teaches at the art studio. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. I usually, he's like one of the, uh, just because I love the, I remember seeing, the, the pieces of his that really kind of impacted me was, I, I guess he did, and it was a long time ago, so I hope I'm not, I hope I haven't changed them a ton in my memory. But uh, I feel like they were post-war pieces that he was kind of, uh, they were kind of like, um, I don't know, symbol, like very symbolic and not, you know, like he does a lot of these like street scenes, sort of like casual New York street scenes, um, protest scenes and like, yes. you know, just like the, the diversity of the people and everything. Uh, but these were like very particular kind of staged, uh, you know, I, I just remember like there being fire in the background and like a soldier up in the foreground. And I just thought, oh man, like the storytelling element was is so cool. And, you know, there was so much on the canvas to like look at and to notice. Um, and of course, you know, everything was painted. So, you know, Technically wonderful. <laughs> he did a lot of book covers, like romance novel. Yeah, book that covers. too. Yeah, I, I find myself loving these like illustrators too, like uh, yeah. like uh, like Line Decker. I remember it was like a huge when I first saw him. Yeah, and uh, actually another guy who uh, who I really like was because uh, I saw a video of his very very early on of him painting, and I just thought it was so wonderful, like just to watch. You know, whenever you could see, whenever there was like the opportunity to see somebody start with nothing. And then at the end, they take you through this whole journey of, of creating the painting. It was just, it made me think that that person was like, you know, a, a superhero and uh, Jeffrey Watts. Do you know Jeff? Oh yeah. Uh, from the, from, he has an atelier, right? Oh, yeah. He's got some, some school somewhere. Um, but I just remember, you know, he, he seemed like such a great painter and, and he was like talking through the whole thing. And he seemed like, you know, I don't know now it was a long time ago, but, like a great educator, you know, like kind of talking students through and everything. Yeah. Um, and he, he did a lot of illustrative stuff too. Yeah. He's great. He, he, oh, okay. he wrote a book recently about his take on George Bridgman's figure drawing. It's really cool. It's weird. And like, you can take photos with your phone and get additional lectures okay. on, cool. on the pages. It's really <laughs> pretty cool. Uh, by the way, sorry, I just, I just, I'm leaving like, 
I don't know why I said those names. <laughs> they just randomly popped into my head. I don't even know if they're like, you know, the, 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 the ones that I would have, you know, tomorrow, if you asked me, they would have been completely different names probably. And I'm, I'm leaving so many people out that I'd look at every day. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't, it's like, uh, that's exactly what I wanted. Just a flash of some that are in your head, you know, yeah, totally random. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know why they popped into my head. <laughs> So when you're painting, what's the most important thing to you uh, to get down? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, what what do you feel like is success or failure if you don't get this thing right? There was a great quote, and I can't remember where I heard it, but that uh, it was talking about in terms of like likeness. Just because I paint so many portraits, that's something that is just floating around all the time. Uh, where you know your job is not to paint exactly the person is to make a good painting right like that's your number one priority so i've less and less been trying to focus on like exactly getting somebody's likeness or like you know being so perfect with that um i think self-portraits really help with that because somehow when it's yourself you don't care so so much about it looking looking exactly like you so you could, i feel like i could take a lot of liberties there uh, but i think i don't know i like uh Sometimes this may be like a stupid thing that a non-artist <laughs> would say. I, I don't know. Maybe it's something that everybody thinks about. But like, uh, I noticed that the contrast is something that I've been just really focusing on in like the middle area. So like, I guess, mid-tones. Um, being really subtle with like mid-tones, I think is something that whenever I get that, I don't know if that makes sense, but whenever I get that, it's just, I feel like, oh, that's such a success. It looks so good that way. And, you know, really registers with my, with my brain. So, so wonderfully. And then there are other times where, you know, I'll recognize, oh, I failed that so horribly because it almost looks like, you know, a, a two, a three value painting sometimes where it's just like, there's not enough movement in the middle and everything's just like polarized too much. Um, so I think like contrast is something that I, I always think, I don't even know if that's what a painter would, would say, but like contrast is something that I think about. That's great. Yeah. It's so important. Like I think, um, and those are the hard ones, right? Like those subtle values in between to get just right, because that takes all the mixing and the slight gradation. Sometimes the paint on the palette won't even look really much different that you need to put to, to make that really sing. Yeah. I've, uh, that's one thing I force myself to, you know, whatever I think it should be, I cut it back a little bit, you know, I mean, just like the difference, right. I always say, okay, let's do 50% less just because I feel like you'll never go wrong moving more subtly than if you move sort of in, in, in bigger steps. So I always try and like, be really conservative with how much the the value is changing um, with each with each go. So it actually sounds like to you, painting doesn't it like does painting feel like playing or does it feel like work? The... Oh, it never feels like work unless unless I have to like literally like somebody says, "Oh, I hate commissions. It's like the worst. I can't stand it." Like some some are great, right? Like some people will come with like just wonderful ideas, or like they'll say you know, do what, do whatever you want, which is like an amazing thing <laughs> that happens very rarely. But, you know, a lot of the times like people will like come, come to you, to me with like, Oh, can you paint this perfect picture of my, my perfect child and, and make it look perfect exactly the way the photo does. And it's just like, 
you know, that's a nightmare scenario for me where I, I, that I don't like. I don't like that sort of, uh, you know, being, even though a lot of my work, like, I guess would be called like realism. And I do focus a lot on, you know, when I do the portraits, there is a lot of effort that I do put into the likeness sometimes. But if it's like, if that's the focus of it, and that's what I have to be worried about, stress about, I, then it becomes work for me. But that's the only time. If I decide what I'm painting, I, I never feel like labored doing it. So that's funny. I actually like, I generally, I like commissions because it takes the stress off making my own decisions. Wow, interesting. I like commissions as long as the, the person I'm doing it for is clear about what they want. Okay. Like that actually almost doesn't feel like work. It just, it just feels like I'm, um, the ones I don't like are when someone has like a very, very vague idea, um, or like they think that they'd be okay with you doing anything, but actually what they uh -huh. want is for you to read their mind and figure out exactly. Right, you know, right. Do you remember doing this yeah. thing? It was ages ago, but the guy, he said he wanted a castle with a moon. And I was like, okay, I can, I can do that. Like, so I did it the way I, I imagined a, ca a moon, the castle to be. Um, but then it turned out that like, also he wanted bats, but in a very specific place. And also he wanted steps that were leading up to the castle. And like, like he had this whole scene in mind, like none of which he conveyed to me. He said, right. you know, castle and moon, right? Um, uh -huh. And I was like, well, why didn't you tell me all of these things so that, so that you wouldn't be so disappointed and, you know, I wouldn't be so frustrated. <laughs> Oh, that's so interesting. So like your, 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 uh, the, the, the sort of difficult work element of it to you is like, you're worried about them not, not liking it. Some, or, or you're worried about it not being. I'm, I'm worried about like not being able to read someone's mind properly. Sure. Sure. Oh, that is so interesting. Wow. Uh, yeah, that might be what I worry about in conversation too. Sometimes I'm talking to someone and I'm like, but what if they want to be talking about something else and I didn't read them correctly at all? Oh yeah. I think about that too. Yeah. And like, you know, spending time with, oh yeah. It's, yeah. I, I totally get that. But that's so funny. It's, I'm totally opposite. Like if, if it's me who makes the decisions, it's easy for me to like, just do it. Even, I guess maybe because I'm not really so worried about like, like I always say like, you know, the, the process is what counts and the product doesn't, almost doesn't matter. Like just as long as you kind of spend the time doing the thing and enjoying that time, it doesn't matter what you come out with at the end. Um, and I think, you know, that, that sort of comes maybe from the luxury of not having to, to worry about it. Right. I don't have to create a sellable painting necessarily. Um, so I can just do, do whatever I want and I can totally mess it up and, and not really worry about it. Like, and social media kind of plays with that a little bit because I do feel myself thinking, oh, I have to come away with something tonight because I have to post something. Right. Um, so there is that sort of element that, that has come into play. But uh, yeah, most of the time, if somebody tells me exactly what to do, that's where I get this, this stress kind of built, built up. Because I, I, maybe along the same lines, I worry about not being able to make it what they want. But for, for my side, it's like I worry not being able to make it what they want, even if I know exactly what, <laughs> what it is they want. I, I'm afraid my skills will fail me um, and that, you know, it just won't come out. <laughs> Andrew, by the way, what's what's sort of a perfect day for you, or in your case, a perfect night? Like when you, I don't know, you wake up in the morning, or in your case, it's probably not morning since you don't fall asleep till seven. Uh, whenever the day begins, sort of like walk us through it, or walk us through what would be a good Andrew Kadima day. Like just in general? Um, you know, but probably related to art, but you know. Related to art. 
Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that like I hate, but I also really love is uh, the, the the fact that like, you know, I started, so I bought a super nice printer, like basically the nicest printer that you could buy uh, just so I could start doing prints. Cause I was taking like my art to a print shop having it scanned and like having them print it. It was just so expensive. And like just the logistics of having to set that up and then put it up for sale when everything's already printed and you kind of have to do this guesswork of like inventory and stuff like that. So I just thought, Oh, you know, I can probably make enough to where the printer would be paid off eventually. So I just invested in that. And uh, little did I know that that would become a pretty, you know, I don't know, pretty successful thing, I guess you would say, where I spend so much time printing stuff, cutting cardboard, you know, packaging prints, sending prints out, where that like is like, you know, that takes up probably like four hours of my day, three hours of my day, something like that. Um, so I kind of, I'm tempted to put that in there like as, as a positive thing, because I do enjoy like the process of just, you know, even making the packaging is so fun for me and, you know, just the the chance that you have to like send stuff out is so cool (laughs) (laughs) that that I like to do that. Um, So I guess, yeah, maybe I I kind of wake up pretty late today. I woke up, um, I probably went to bed at like 9 a.m. today and I woke up maybe at like 2 or 1.30 or 2. Yeah, just a horrible mind-numbing schedule. Uh, But, you know, in my ideal day, I would wake up so much earlier uh, yeah, take care of like all the, like the logistics stuff that I have to do. And then really like best thing for me is like, when I know I like the game of baseball because it's sort of similar to me where like you, you sit there and you know that for the next three, four hours, that's all you're going to do. And that's all you have to worry about. And I just love that sort of the, the piece that that kind of gives me, um, my ideal day would just be sitting there for like the whole day, probably painting. It's great. And you've carved out a lot of time to do that. I mean, it's really, it's really remarkable. Yeah. That kind of, uh, it came out like in a weird way because I used to teach quite a lot. Like I'd had, I had a lot of students going and, uh, you know, the pandemic just kind of cut that in half pretty much. Um, and now I'm just not, I'm not really kind of seeking out, you know, new students or like promoting or anything like that. Um, yeah. So it just gives me like this has given me this big chunk of time where I can devote to, to the painting. And thankfully, like the painting is also kind of, you know, from the business side, been something at least to kind of supplement that where I'm not, not like strapped or worried too much. How important is like, because I've noticed some some humorous things kind of creeping in, like, um, sure. you know, like sometimes the raised eyebrow and some of the reels and things like that. I think you you did a, a moving mouth as well. Sure, yeah. That's pretty cool. Like how, how important is, is humor to you in, um, in work? Yeah, I don't know. I know I didn't used to really think about it too much. And of course, I maybe this is some because you do you, you teach at like a an academy or something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I teach I teach at a few schools around New York City. Wow, okay. Awesome. So this is probably something that maybe maybe you're you're aware of this in the art world is certainly something that exists in, in like the music world where, uh, when you're like an entry, you're like a freshman, let's say you're, you're a, a composer, you're writing music and you enter as a freshman, your music is like so serious and you're like writing for these huge ensembles and you're writing these big giant pieces and it's so complex. 
And, uh, you know, it's, that's what's important to you for whatever reason, being taken seriously is like such an important thing for you. And, uh, I definitely felt that a little bit when I, when I started painting and like all the portraits were like, you know, deadpan expression and like, you know, kind of just, you know, you couldn't find anything to kind of laugh about in it or, or, you know, just, you know, joke about everything had to be like deadly serious. And like, even the subject matter sometimes was just like really aggressive and serious, you know, like murder scenes or like crime scenes or something like that. Um, but now, you know, I just, the more I've, I've done it, the less serious I take myself and, uh, yeah, the more, the more fun I have. And the expression stuff is just so fun for me to paint because I think it's just so cool. And like, I never thought about it before painting how like, just like the movements of the face, like the, the biology of it, that, that we kind of, how we interpret it as a certain emotion is just so interesting. Like, you know, what it means to have like an eyebrow go this way or that way, or, you know, having your mouth open in a certain way, like how you interpret that is just so cool and weird and, <laughs> and interesting. I, it, it really is. And it's more sophisticated than words. Like, mm. Yeah. You can read someone's face and get so much more out of right. it. Right. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. It's so cool. And like, yeah. I, an, another sort of aspect of that, though, by the way, is like, you know, I found that just people in general, you know, seeing the art is great. And, uh, you know, the art takes you, takes, you know, your, your audience to a certain place. But there's nothing like them also connecting it to, to the person. Like if there's somebody there, like a face that they recognize as that's the person who's making the art and they can kind of put the two together, it just creates this whole other package for them. So I've been trying to like add just like myself in the videos a little bit more because I'd never done that before. And, and I noticed that, you know, people respond to that. They think it's cool. They think it's like interesting because otherwise it's, you know, this sort of, you know, robot, this machine that, that nobody is aware of or, or, or thinking about even, right? You don't really think about when I see some, some artists, I have that impression too, that I never know their faces. You know, it never occurs to me to even think about, Oh, what is that person? Like, you know, what, what do they look like? How do they act? You know, what's their, what's their personality? Uh, it's just so cool to know, I think sometimes too. <laughs> Although there is, there's also that aspect where, you know, maybe, maybe your approach is like a lot more serious and, and, you know, you don't want to have that sort of, I don't know, injection of your own persona. In it. Yeah, I know. Also, also, I noticed so many people share, like share your stuff. And it's, it's nice to, that you're in there to, to know that it's you. <laughs> who did it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such an uh, interesting thing to think about. I love how you said the beginning composer, it's all just like, oh, yeah big ambition and stuff. And do you find that in, in your students? Maybe like, like the younger people are a lot more like, Oh man. Dedicated and they, to the seriousness. They'll try to like, generally it's like myth paintings with mythology attached to them, you know, okay. like these kids from Nebraska are like painting dragons. You know, Judith and Holofrey's doing something. Oh, sure. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Very deep <laughs> and very broad. And that's, I don't know. I think I, 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 the question of humor came up because it feels there is some confidence and playfulness, which is part of the human experience that often in that fine art, 
that isn't done well or not done at all. I've noticed, you know, it's, yeah, it gets long. And I, I worry about that. I worried about that. We're like, you know, what, what Avenue do you want to take? Like, you know, because there was a time where I was, where I think, you know, you could have maybe found humor in it, but it was possible to look at it as like a very serious kind of thing. It was very, you know, pretty, you know, identifiable stylistically. And I felt like oh, if I had just stuck with this, if I just did this, like this was the thing. I'm talking about like the portraits. I don't know if you know where like a bunch of different features and stuff are kind of melding together. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought if I had like hit that track and I kept, you know, mining that vein that eventually, you know, maybe that would have been my thing. And I would have been known as, as the person who did that. And, you know, it, it, I felt like it was probably just, you know, stupid you know, made up things in my mind where I thought, oh, that could be, you know, I could imagine a show or something where like, there's just tons of these big, you know, larger forms of these portraits or something like that. Um, but then I thought, you know, man, is that, is that really what I want? And do I want to be that the person who does that, you know, like no matter what it is, oh, he's the person who does that. And that just felt so unattractive to me that, you know, I would be stuck kind of with this one thing that people would know me by. And, and it was the case for a really long time where I was like, oh, I can't, I don't want that anymore. And even though it was like, you know, successful, it was doing well and people seemed to respond to it. I was like, I, that's it, you know, enough of that. And I completely stopped doing that stuff and just kind of, you know, explored other things. And, and, and luckily enough, you know, people kind of came with it. Um, but yeah, that, that's always been a thing for me. Yeah. I think that's so smart. Uh, one of my favorite teachers told me, don't be the guy who paints the thing, you okay. know, like, great. That's a great. He, he said it as coffee cups and mm-hmm. he's like, don't be the guy who just paints the cup. Like, it's like you're multifaceted people and getting pigeonholed to one thing. Right. You know, and like you were saying, sometimes it gets tough to turn out of that if you get so deep into it. And then it's like, well, who wants to just do the same thing their whole life? <laughs> I, feel that too. I see artists who, and I don't, I don't, you know, disagree that maybe there are people who that's their thing. Like they, they're okay with that. They, they feel fulfilled that way. Right. Because I mean, there are certainly artists there who are just like, you know, and not to, again, not to put like a value judgment on it necessarily, but every day it's like subtle differences between this very, very, very similar subject matter. And it just makes me think like, wow, do, do they ever, I wonder if they're feeling trapped, you know, <laughs> like if they ever, if they ever have that feeling of they just can't get out of it because that's their thing, you know? Or, yeah. And like you said, if you, if you don't feel trapped, that's great, you right. know, like do that. Yeah, yeah. But if, if you're someone who would like you or, you know, other people, it's, you got to play, you, you, you can't be that one thing for too long, right. you know? Yeah. It's, galleries used to want this from artists, right? The, like a show would actually just be, you know, 16 variations on a theme. Right, right. Yeah. Ideally, it'd be like chapters of a book, but a lot of the time it ended up being just 16 variations on a theme. And then if it was successful, then they'd be like, all right, do you want to do the same thing again in a year and a half? And like, since that did well, then, you know, try 16 more variations on that. And because you're not reliant on galleries, uh, you don't really have to do that. Yeah. Like, you, you know, or at least that's so funny. I, I had that, I had that exact experience where like, you know, you, they want like, uh, 
basically just because the, I mean, they, you know, they're, they're a business, right? They're, they're in the business of selling. And when something, they see something that they know they're going to sell well, or that would sell, you know, having only one of them is like <laughs> stupid, <laughs> right? I mean, it doesn't make sense. They just have one thing that they, that they can sell. So they want like, it's so funny. I, I, I'm so interested that you said that, like, that, that's actually a thing where like, they want just replicas essentially of the same thing. So they can sell multiple, multiple paintings that, that would be equal kind of in their eyes of, and, and I mean, like, like to be fair, at its best, like, like, so my my sister's also a painter, and you know, her solo shows um, before she started, basically, like, not showing her work at, to anyone at all, while making really, really gorgeous stuff that no one sees. But her solo, shows oh, really? Be, wow! You know, like, like it wouldn't be you know, like, like it wouldn't be a bunch of the same thing. It'd just be like, you know, it, it would have a common thread going through it. Uh, right. but, but it made sense that, you know, this was a coherent body of work. This is something she spent two years doing. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, like she'd have, you know, she'd have the same characters kind of recur. And, you know, sometimes she'd have the same lighting recur, but, you know, it didn't feel repetitive. But um, right. I don't know, when I did solo shows in my early 20s, it did because, you know, the gallery would just mm. be like, I want 16 still lives. And sure. get, it gets specific like yeah, that. Yeah, huh? yeah, and make sure that it, they oh. have to be the same size. And, you know, um, and, and other than that, do whatever you want. Like, so you'd have, you, you know, you'd be able to kind of, you can vary the content, but they would all have to be still lives, right? And then the next show would be, you know, X, X number or something else, maybe have them 12 by 12, by 12 or 24 by 24. It's, so it looks coherent. Sure. That's so interesting. Wow. <laughs> that's so funny because yeah, I had that experience and I was like, oh, I wonder if that's like a, I mean, it makes sense, right? That that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. And but so my thing was at the end of that, you know, like whatever, the still life show or after, you know, two or three still life shows, I, I basically, I never wanted to paint another still life ever again. And I never did. Really? Wow. Okay. Interesting. I was going to say, I, I was going to go in a different direction. I was, I was going to say that's so interesting that you, so your sister paints and doesn't share anything anymore. She doesn't really, she, like, like social media makes her anxious or she lost her. So she basically paints only she for herself. She paints in this way. She's amazing. Uh, that, but, but she's like, well, once I finish this body of work, I will yeah. maybe find a gallery to show. But they, I mean, this, like, like, like she's been saying this for like several years now. Uh, um, and, and her paintings are, I mean, Marshall, you've seen them in real life. They're absolutely incredible. Yeah, they're terrific. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. That's really, I love that because I remember having that experience and I, I, I feel nostalgic for that kind of feeling where like, you know, when I, when I started, I was obviously not sharing anything because it was embarrassing, right? Like the quality was just so awful. Um, and I was just like, Oh, that's, it's so wonderful though, because I enjoyed doing it so much, even though I was turning out awful things that nobody wanted, nobody would want to see. It was so fun to do it. And I, I miss that kind of period of time where like, it mattered nothing to me what anybody else thought. And like, you know, it, not, not no like, you know, sense of like what, you know, number of likes or, or what this person said about it or thinks about it uh, even entered my mind, which is just, I don't know. I think back to that as such a release, <laughs> a kind of relaxing kind of time. Yeah, absolutely. It's something you can't revisit, you know, it's sort of like this. Yeah. yeah. It's nurturing. It's almost like being in a nest somehow. Yeah, you're very right. Yeah. You yeah. get kicked out That's of the totally, nest. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
know, but guys, I, I don't know. Like, like we still, we don't have to share everything, right? Like, like Instagram, it's a tool. It's a business tool. I'm, I'm also, Andrew, much like you, I'm incredibly grateful for it. I probably wouldn't be able to like financially get along without, you know, the, uh, without it. But that, that being said, you know, you have the things that you, you document a certain way and, and you, pre- you know, you present that online. Uh, and then you have the things that you, you don't yeah. need to do that with everything that you do. That's true. I guess for me though, it's even just the question of like, you do something. I, I, if I paint, whenever I paint something, I'm going to ask myself that question, you know, Oh, do I share this with people? Or, and once I ask that question, I'm already thinking about what people think <laughs> or what people might think about it. And it, it's putting like, you know, this weird sort of lens that, that I look at it through. Um, I don't know. It's just, for me, it's kind of soft and like, like there's certain works that I document, like I take photos and or videos in progress, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's things that I don't, um, the stuff that I don't document. It, it's not that the result is different right. actually, but whatever I don't document, like I just, I know it's not right. going to get shared and that's fine. Yeah. I guess that's my failure. Cause I don't, I don't really, I can't remember. Honestly, I don't remember the last time I even did that. Like, I think I pretty much share everything as far as I can think, uh, unless it's like a commission that somebody doesn't want to be shared. Uh, but it kind of goes to the nature of, I mean, art, like I, I guess that it's, if you distill it, it's like communication, you know, you're trying to reach out to your fellow man and communicate a little bit of yourself, whatever, however that manifests and your ideas. And I guess it's like, maybe it's not great to, to create that fully in a vacuum either. Like there are some of those expressions that I really like, like um, Henry Darger or something like that, or the guy you find out had the storage bin where he built this amazing castle out of like popsicle sticks, you know, and they found it after he died. It's like, I love that stuff that's just done out of some sort of compulsion. But but I don't think it's realistic to totally shut down your fellow man while you're creating work. Like it has to get in there. So what, what, who's going to see this? What are the thoughts that they'll have? Like, I feel like that's kind of part of what we're doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I think about that too. I always think about, I, I guess it was Kafka, right? Who, none of his works would have ever been shown to anybody if, if uh, I, I can't remember who it was, what, if a relative found him all yeah, after he died. Yeah, someone actually, I think, actively disobeyed him. I think his will was to destroy them. Yeah, I think it's uh, just to burn uh, like, them all. Yes, yeah, yes. Sure and right. So, so it, it, like, basically the only reason we know Kafka is because, um, or at least most of Kafka's work is because, I can't remember if, who, who it was, but someone actively disobeyed his dying wish. <laughs> Yeah, relative, like maybe a son or something. Yeah, yeah, so interesting. Yeah, it's just crazy that. And there, there's a flip side of that too, where there, there's a composer named Carl Orff. Do you know the the Carmina Burana piece by any chance? No. You probably would recognize it if you heard it. It's like this very bombastic sort of orchestral choral piece. Hmm. Um, anyway, so he wrote this piece, you know, somewhat later in his career, or at least you know into his career, and it was such a huge success that he didn't want to be known for anything but that. So I think he, I, I'm not sure, I, I don't remember the specifics of the story, but somehow he got rid of all of his other music. <laughs> uh, he just had this one thing that he, that he was then known for because, you know, he was kind of embarrassed, I guess, about what other people, you know, would say about, about his other pieces. Uh, uh, so okay. 
There's artists who will like burn their studies and stuff like that too. Like only yeah, finished pieces is what the, <laughs> they're willing to show. Right. Because it's vulnerable. I mean, showing that bit yeah. of yourself up for, you know, public opinion and all that, it's a vulnerable thing to do. And yeah. now, like what you're doing, it goes to so many people, you know? Right. That's a, if, if you think about it, it can be scary. Like you think, oh, geez, like, and, and, you know, there's this temptation also that I feel to like, you know, I, I, I probably should do that. I haven't really done that where you, oh my goodness, sorry. Um, where you, uh, there's a temptation to kind of call everything, like, you know, clean things out to like, you know, just say, oh, that's not what I am anymore and get rid of it, you know, like delete it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's uh, weird to think about that way too. Like, you know. It's also curious, like, I wonder how much being looked at changes us, right? Because that's what happens, like, I mean, and it would have happened if, like, if, if let's say, work was in a gallery all the time, like, you know, that um, like, we would know that, you know, it's not something that we're just doing for ourselves. And social media is, like, being looked at, except instead of having that gallery to also be the gatekeeper between you and the audience and just being like, oh, no, 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 sorry, you leave your, your email address in this guest book and, you know, the, like, we'll tell the artists that you really like them. Like now everyone can just reach out to you directly. Like, like how, right, much, that's true. Um, yeah. how much, <laughs> how much is all of that changing, you know, what we are or, or do you just become immune sure. at some point and maybe in a way, like, so I, I kind of went through all of these phases of social media where mm-hmm. at some point it was thrilling and at some point it made me anxious. And now I think I just, I've just gotten so immune to, to that, that like, Good. I think I just went back to making things like no one's looking um, while, you know, while documenting things in in, in a way that like works with whatever. Yeah. If that can be seamless, uh, that's so cool. Though the the one thing I I think is like, you know, true, like, and then I I try and split my mind that way, you know, because I I find that, you know, sometimes I'll I'll post something then and uh, I think it's so great. I think it's, you know, uh, in my mind, it'll be, oh, this is my best piece that I've done yet. Can't wait to share it. And then, you know, it doesn't do well or like, you know, people, you know, thank, the wonderful thing about Instagram that I found so far is like, nobody's mean. <laughs> nobody will like, nobody will say anything disparaging about you. Usually maybe like a couple every now and then, but you know, everybody's pretty positive for the most part, but uh, you still notice when something's not as positively received right so like there's still you can still kind of feel degrees of it and uh you know that's what that's where i think it's so important and i've kind of made a real conscious effort to split that where you know that can still be you know it, it can still be your favorite piece and other people can cannot really appreciate it as much for for whatever reason um and i really try and focus on not letting that take me in, in certain directions like you know there, there's a couple pieces that i've made which have been you know accepted really well on Instagram and there's a temptation there to maybe, Oh, I should do more of that. But, you know, sometimes those pieces are not like, you know, that's it. That's all I want to do there. You know, I don't want to really kind of do that anymore. Or I have this other idea um, that I, that I'd rather kind of explore than just, you know, churn these things out. Yeah. You know, for me, the split is actually not, you know, like this is, 
a good piece because it got received well and this is a bad mm -hmm. piece because it didn't it could be good or bad it's um the things that partially gets received on instagram is presentation so it um so it's just sort of like one uh, like so what i look at when i look at all, all of that stuff is like oh well you know i must not have presented it the right way you know may, like maybe i can fiddle with presentation or maybe like when something does get received well and not have had anything to mm -hmm. do with the piece that might just be presented in a way that the current algorithm you know that's the food that the algorithmic dragon wants wants at the moment that's another thing that i try and not because people talk about that so much and, and you know just because i have you know some following they, they like assume that I know things like I always get asked, you know, oh, how do you build a following? And I'm like, oh, geez, yeah, I don't really know. Um, so that's one like aspect that I try and just ignore completely. Like, you know, you know, what, what things are, you know, what things I should be doing or, you know, um, you're, you're, you're actually doing oh, all the right <laughs> things. And I know, this, I, I know this because I actually teach classes, um, about like about the, uh, the, the kind of breakdown of the algorithm. And I feel like I've used your work oh, as great. an example uh, at some point over, over the last few months of like, I mean, you, you also, you make really good work, but also like the, you, you know, it does happen to be the, like the crack sure. that, yeah. you know, is that Instagram is looking for right now that kind of, you know, it's good work, but it, the way you present it catches people's attention and holds it and that's kind of what it you know <laughs> one of the one of the, i can think of an example where i kind of you know actively worked against that is somebody was telling me well there, there were people telling me for a while were like you know i had this really sort of uh you know assembly line kind of way of creating the video like where i just knew i could do my with my eyes closed you know i knew what buttons to press without, without even looking at it and i would get the video out um but people were telling me, oh, you have to do reels, like so much more, you know, cool. People are going to like it more, that kind of thing. And, you know, I was so resistant to do it just because it was like, it seemed like a worse thing for me. Like, you know, so I really didn't want to do it. And, you know, eventually I just bought the, bit the bullet and kind of started doing that. And then, you know, people were telling me, oh, you have to use these songs, like, or this song is really popular and it's going to get you more interaction if you use this song and I just couldn't do it like that is like that was my breaking point where I, I just couldn't bring myself to like put this you know song that I absolutely did not care for over it's funny because I I never scroll through Instagram with music on because it's jarring to me I hate the music but uh so I realized I've never heard the music you're into I love music and I should go back and check to see what you're listening to <laughs> For, for me, it, for me, it's actually di directly proportional to the to my level of attention span at the moment. So, so, so basically, I start off painting in, in silence, like or like if I'm outside, I just want to listen to the birds and the wind and whatever. And then, as like after a few hours, of my attention starts wandering, then I turn on music um, because that's like the closest thing to you know the, the wind and the birds as i get less and less concentrated and more and more exhausted i need more and more of a storyline uh so, um like like and then i switch to audiobooks and then after the audiobooks i switch to podcasts the um and and then after that i'm just done well, here's something crazy yeah. I, I watch movies and like watch tv shows while i'm painting i think so they just sort Isn't of well, yeah. it's like what's on when people are painting you know yeah. <laughs> What's funny is I started with, with nothing. I was like painting in complete silence for like a really long time. And, uh, and then I, I tried doing music and for, I, I was kind of the same way. It just never like, 
I couldn't do it. It, it didn't work for me for, for like whatever reason. Um, and then I started watching TV shows and it was so perfect. Like, especially like a really bad TV show, not, not bad, but like something where like, you know, maybe it's not the best written and like everybody's explaining what they're doing also, you know? Um, and it's just like, you know, 20 episodes or something that you could just like have going on, like while you're painting. It's so cool to me. But I'll never, I'll never watch something that I really am interested in watching. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I want to see it. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do books and podcasts. I, music is actually, I, I not like you, I have cool. no, uh, I don't play any instruments. I don't, I can't read music or anything, but it is like my favorite thing. Like I love music. So, but I can't right. listen yeah. to like, I have long days in the studio. I can't just have music on that long, you know, I get bored. Mm-hmm. It's not distracting. It's just kind of, I think I painted so long that I'm a little, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent engaged with painting. And so I like to listen to something and get my mind moving while I'm sort of painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that's it's funny because I think that's probably one of the things that has contributed to my slowing down a lot. I probably don't realize how much I'm actually watching rather than pain. Man, I have seen, I mean, I don't think there's a show on Netflix that I have not gone through. Like just because it, I mean, think about it. It's literally like maybe six, six, seven hours a day of just like a show running through, you know? <laughs> I know people who do that. Yeah, just like have Netflix going or whatever the whole time. Actually, you know what the you know what the best thing was while painting? It was my my last semester at university. And I I had like, you know, my my studio buddy, and I think he was he, in retrospect, he was actually really depressed. He was a very talented person who was just having a really hard hard time at the at that moment. And he didn't, so I'd stay up all night painting and he'd be up all night. I think he couldn't sleep and he didn't want to be alone, but he couldn't concentrate on painting either. So he ended up reading out loud to me and he would read like Lovecraft and all of these sort of like, like kind of like the old kind of like, like, like kind of gothic, you know, um, fiction. And, um, and it was this perfect combination of like, it felt like I was getting just enough of a social life, like, because otherwise I just wouldn't talk to anyone for, you know, days. And this was kind of like communicating because every once in a while we'd stop and discuss something that, you know, happened. And it was like reading, which I love, except I was being read to, and I was painting and, oh my God, it was the best. <laughs> And then after, I mean, after that, I switched to audiobooks, which wasn't, you know, like after we graduated, which, which wasn't nearly as good, but. Um. Um, so Andrew, before I feel like we, we should wrap up at some point, but before you do, where do you see your, like, like, it feels like you're just sort of taking things one painting at a time and experimenting a lot and playing a lot, but do you have a master plan or are you just sort of along for, you know, the, the crazy adventure? Yeah, I yeah, that's oh, I really don't think about it too much. Yeah, probably not as much as I should. Um, yeah, I mean I have like ideas, but they're 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 really short term, you know. Not really like uh, just because it's so hard to like envision something other than you know getting into a gallery or like you know being represented by like a huge gallery or something like like it feels like because that's what I knew when I started. That's like if. if I had not experienced anything that would be oh that's the pinnacle right that's what you want in the end but now it's like so different i don't 
I almost don't think about that at all. And like that, it almost seems like you know, uh, it's so like old school. <laughs> so do you, do you know do you know what you want now? Um, it's hard to say. I, now I'm kind of like like you said, just kind of like floating along a little bit. Um, you know, taking one thing at a time. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. Hey, thank you for listening and coming along with us on this long journey. I hope you got some good takeaways from this interview. I want to let you know that we have an official Art Grind podcast hotline now. So call us and let us know what sort of creative projects you have going on during these crazy times. Let us know what's on your mind and we'll play it on our next episode. The number is 929-267-4830. Again, it's 929-267-4830. You can find us at artgrindpodcast.com. And follow us on Instagram. And if you feel like supporting us financially, you can easily hit that donate button on our website. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review on iTunes. That will really help us. We love all the support we get from our listeners and hope to do our best to bring you more great interviews for you. So be safe out there and stay on the grind.